And we're going to try to straddle two uh, uh, groups here this morning. So adults, I'm going to try to speak to you, and we're going to speak to the kids as well. And every few minutes, i got a, something on the screen uh, that we need to watch to help bring all of this stuff together. But you, let's, let's just think about that word searching for a second. Everybody in the room say the word searching. Good job. We search for things all the time. Many of you this morning were probably searching for your car keys. You couldn't find them. You search for your glasses, and typically, where do you find your glasses? Top of your head. I remember being a kid trying to search for my homework. Here's one thing. This is one of my uh, badges of honor. In seventh grade, uh, second semester, I actually got a note sent home because I had 37 missing assignments from one class. Get on my level when it comes to school, people. We search for things all the time, and this morning I want us to jump into a search that a couple wise men went on. How many wise men were there, kids? Hold it up, if you know how many. Three, maybe, probably not. We don't know how many wise men there were, but sometimes we hear them call the wise men, sometimes people call them the magi, other people will call them the kings, but we always refer to them in threes because of the three gifts that they brought. If you were with us last year, we learned that it was probably dozens upon dozens of these men that arrived in Jerusalem because they got the attention of King Herod, which likely three lone individuals would have not received. But let's look at real quick a couple of things that we see in Matthew chapter 2, and I'm going to reference some verses if you want to follow along in your Bible. But first off, we see, and kids, remember, if you guys write this stuff on the back of your little note card, you get something before you leave today. So do your best that you can. Adults, you get a high five, all right? But you still should probably take notes because it's good. First off, we see in the first two verses of Matthew chapter 2 that they were searching with a star. Everybody say star. star. We don't typically do this if you're like, this is weird. It, it's helpful, all right? Searching with a star. So from Luke chapter 2 where we were last week to now in Matthew 2, two years has passed since Jesus was born. These wise men arrived likely from Persia. The Bible says that they were from the east, so of the known world at the time. They were likely Persian men. And they arrive in Jerusalem, we see in verses 1 and 2, after following a star, this astrological anomaly that was taking place. But here's what's kind of interesting. They arrive in Jerusalem, but where was Jesus located? He was in Bethlehem. If you look at a map, Jerusalem to Bethlehem is about a six-mile journey that these guys were away from where Jesus actually were, now he, or actually was. Now here's something important. Listen to this. They were in the proximity of Jesus, but they were actually missing where Jesus was. You see, at this point, they were super close to finding the Messiah, but they were still missing Him by about six miles. They needed something to actually take them further. We're going to talk about it in just a moment. And I think that these first two verses in Matthew probably looked... Something like this. Let's watch this together. A birthday party. Here's our second point. If you're taking notes, this is important. Secondly, they were searching in the Scripture. Searching in the Scripture. Verse 3 and 4 says that when they arrived in Jerusalem, that King Herod was deeply disturbed and angry upon their arrival. Why was he so mad? They were mad because these wise men came looking for the King of the Jews, which if you study history, was a title that King Herod held. So somebody was challenging Herod's throne. Now think about your life personally, whether you're an adult or a child. When somebody challenges you, how do we typically react? Most people when they're challenged are not like, oh, this is wonderful. Thank you for challenging me. We always bristle up against a challenge. I remember when I was like seven years old and somebody on the playground came up to me and they said these most dreaded words. We've all heard it before. Hey, you know what? My dad's stronger than your dad. 
What do we do, man? We pop our shoulders back, poke our chest out, and be like, you want to bet my dad will fight your dad? And then we just age by about 10 or 15 years, and the conversation just shifts a little bit. What do we do when we hit our teenage years? Hey, man, my car's faster than your car. Actually, in my world, that's true, because I actually got beat by a minivan a couple years ago in my Honda Accord, so I don't even say that anymore. But Herod kind of bristles up against these wise men, but then he does something important. There's a new king. He wants to know where he's at so he can eliminate him. So what does he do? The Bible says here in verses two or 3 through 8 that Herod summons the priests and the scribes to consult the Scriptures. That's pretty significant for us to note right there. Why? Here's a lesson. Adults, tune into this one Christmas season. Many things can lead us close to Jesus. Music. I hear people say that all the time. Man, these certain songs just make me feel really close to God. That's awesome. Some people say, man, when I go out in nature, that's when I feel closest to the Lord. That's incredible. Sometimes we have certain relationships that can lead us very close to Jesus and make us feel close to Him. That is so great. and We should have all of those things. Many things can get us close to Jesus, but it's in the Scriptures or where we actually find Him. Never substitute other things for the Scriptures. You see, the star got them within six miles of Jesus. The Scriptures took them directly to Bethlehem. That is so important for us to hear today. It's why we emphasize as a church that we live in the Bible. Explore many other great things that so many things around us that can make us feel close to God. That's so awesome. But we live in the Scriptures. Now, here's what I think their interaction with King Herod may have actually been like. Here we go. No slumber parties with evil shoe kings, all right? Just remember that. Here's our third point if you want to write this down. They were also, once they left King Herod, searching for the Savior. You'll note here in the Bible, starting in verse 9, that after hearing the king, the Bible says they went on their way, and there it was. What reappeared? The star. You see, the star led them to Jerusalem. The Scriptures told them where to find Jesus, but then the star was able to also help take them the rest of the way until it rested over the house where Jesus was. Remember this. This is important to adults. Man, I'd write this one down. Written Scripture and those things that we see around us should always point us to or lead us to Jesus. Everything that God created, Romans 1, indicates that it points directly back to Jesus. That's why God allowed the star to reappear. We continue reading here in Matthew 2 that they entered this house where Jesus was. Remember, He was no longer in that stable, that barn, or that cave. He wasn't there. Two years has passed. They were in a home again. And what was just a simple house then became a church because they bowed down to worship Jesus. Three gifts. What were they? What was the first one? Say it out loud. It was gold. Why would they bring Jesus gold? It's important because Jesus was the king of all kings and gold is for a king. What was our second gift? Frankincense, not Frankenstein, which some kids have said before. Gold frankincense. Why bring him frankincense? Because it was a spice that was used by the high priest when they were in the presence of God. And Jesus was our great high priest to bring us back into the presence of our Creator God. What was the last gift? Gold, frankincense, and what? Myrrh. Why myrrh? It was an embalming thing. It meant when somebody passed away, they would use myrrh to preserve the body. What did that indicate? That Jesus actually not only came to live for us, but ultimately to die for us sinners. Last thing, and then we've got one more clip to show you. 
verse 12. Look in your Bible real quick. It says, after being warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, the Bible says they returned to their own country by what? Another route. Here's what's so cool. That word return, in, in this verse, it talks about two things. Number one that is used, and we see it by their own route, they went around where Herod was because Herod would have probably killed them. But that word there that we see there in the Greek actually not only refers to a physical route, but a spiritual change. What's significant? When the wise men encountered Jesus, the Bible gives the indication in the original language that they not only returned by a different physical route, but they left by a different spiritual route too. Why? Because when you encounter Jesus, you leave different. That's the story of Christmas. I imagine that that last final scene maybe looked something like this. This is not theologically accurate, this one, but just, just roll with it, all right? Here's our last one. Well, kids, you guys did a good job today, and so we're going we're gonna to transfer, transfer, transform, transfer towards uh, the close of our service. We promised to honor your guys' time to 40 minutes today, 45 minutes, um, because there's children in here as well. So I'm going to ask that my ushers, if they want to make their way down, and in just a moment, we're going to do something I did growing up as a child, and I was sing a, a Christmas song and do a candlelight portion of the service. And here's how that's going to look in just a minute. Um, after we play this last video, we're going to see uh, some folks with some lighters that are going to come around, and they're going to light your candle. And I don't mean to, to say this in an elementary fashion, but just for safety so nobody gets burnt or anything. Once they light your candle, please, please, please hold it upright. And when the person next to you uh, reaches over, if your candle's not lit, you're the one that goes sideways, all right? If your candle's lit and you do this, you're going to get dripped on and burnt, and you're going to cry to me, and it's just going to be a whole thing that I don't want to deal with, all right? So please, please, please do that. So my lighter guys, not yet. After this video, as the praise team comes, we're going to do that. But let me pray for us. Jesus, thank you again, God, for this day. God, for, for just a, a great morning in your word. God, for being able to sit in a room and hear little voices. Uh, Father, thanks for the reminder of the blessing that kids are today. Father, we love you. And God, we pray these last few moments together, just a time of celebration. It's in Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen.